0: Welcome to Sojourner Truth. Thank you for staying with us. This is your host, Margaret Prescott. Even as we see governments in Europe shifting to the right, we're at the same time seeing increasing pressure on those governments, on the question of reparations owed to people they colonize on the continent of Africa and in the Americas. Today, we continue our coverage of the growing movement for restitution and reparations for people of African descent on the continent and in the diaspora. We bring you a wide-ranging discussion on reparations by participants from across Africa at an event organized by Africans Rising. You will hear a variety of speakers, including from Senegal, Kenya, the Sudan, and more. And you will hear discussions that range from reparations to Haiti, the Congo, and South Africa. Also discussed is colonialism as a form of slavery. Some participants ask pointed questions. Others make statements and or proposals. The discussion took place during the All African Movement Assembly held on August 29 through 31, 2022, and as I said, organized by Africans Rising.
1: For Pacifica Radio, I'm Christina honested Hurricane Ian has left a path of destruction in southwest Florida, trapping people in flooded homes, damaging the roof of a hospital intensive care unit, and knocking out power to 2.5 million people. It's now aiming for the Atlantic coast as a tropical storm. One person is confirmed dead. A Lee County Sheriff said he believes fatalities are in the hundreds. One of the strongest hurricanes to ever hit the U.S. has drenched the Florida Peninsula overnight, threatening catastrophic flooding. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis spoke at a briefing this morning and says there's mass damage, hazards and help is on the way. You have a lot of hazards right now. Uh, we have had 26 states provide support. We really appreciate that. Uh, it's it's going to be put to use. Uh, This is uh, I don't think we've ever seen an effort mobilized for for this many rescues this quickly, but we appreciate it and uh, we will make good use of it. We want people to be safe. Those who have uh, who are in need of of life uh, life support right now. Help is on the way. Uh, The impacts of this storm are, are historic and the damage that was done uh, has been historic, and this is just off initial assessments. We've never seen a, a flood event like this. We've never seen storm surge of this magnitude. He says search and rescue efforts are underway, including at a Florida faucet hospital in Port Charlotte, where Hurricane Ian flooded the emergency room and ripped off the roof. The damage has forced patients into just two of the hospital floors. Russia says it will formally annex occupied parts of Ukraine Friday – where it held what Ukraine calls proxy referendums. Russia says the votes this week show overwhelming support to live under Moscow's rule. Ukraine and the West have denounced the ballots as illegal, forced, and rigged. Russia's President Vladimir Putin will attend a ceremony in the Kremlin Friday when four regions of Ukraine will be officially folded into Russia. Meanwhile, Russian shelling hit several parts of Ukraine today as troops appeared to lose more ground around the key northeastern city of Lyman The European Union president President Ursula von der Leyen says they'll cap the price of Russian oil as part of another round of sanctions against Russia for its escalating war in Ukraine.
2: We do not accept the sham referendum and any kind of annexation in Ukraine. And we're determined to make the Kremlin pay for this further escalation. So we propose sweeping new import bans on Russian products. This will keep Russian products out of the European market and deprive Russia of an additional 7 billion euros in revenues. We're also proposing to extend the list of products that cannot be exported to Russia anymore. The aim is here to deprive the Kremlin's military
1: complex of key technologies, And the Biden administration is gearing up for a new round of sanctions. Christopher Martinez has more.
3: Officials in Washington, D.C. are talking war crimes, sanctions, and announcing new military aid to Ukraine.
1: And today, the United States is announcing an additional $1.1 billion package of weapons and equipment for Ukraine. This includes 18 new high-mobility artillery rocket system, and also known as HIMARS.
3: Besides the HIMARS rocket systems and ammunition, the new aid includes 150 Humvees, tactical vehicles to tow artillery and carry heavy equipment, drones, body armor, and more. It's all, at least in part, a response to the sham referenda on independence held in the Russian-occupied areas of Donetsk, Luhansk, Saporizhia, and Kherson. Not surprisingly, the announced results were as much as 99% in favor of joining the Russian Federation. Ned Price is a spokesperson for the U.S. State Department.
4: These results were concocted in Moscow, not collected in Ukraine. Let's be clear. This is the will of Moscow not the free will of Ukraine or its people.
3: Ukraine was a topic in the halls of Congress. Eli Rosenbaum is Director of Human Rights Enforcement and Strategy at the U.S. Justice Department.
1: If you are daring to consider obeying a criminal order, uh, you should worry. We have a long memory here in the United States.
3: Reporting for Pacifica Radio News KPFA, I'm Christopher Martinez.
1: South Korea's military says North Korea has fired at least one ballistic missile toward its eastern waters. The launch today came hours after Vice President of the U.S., Kamala Harris, departed from South Korea, the last stop of a four-day Asian trip in which she emphasized a U.S. commitment to defend its allies in the face of increasing North Korean threats. In the North, we see a brutal dictatorship, rampant human rights violations and an unlawful weapons program that threatens peace and stability. The United States and the world seek a stable and peaceful Korean peninsula where the DPRK is no longer a threat. Today's launch was the third round of missile tests by North Korea this week. In Oakland, California, at least six people were wounded in a mass school shooting. Two are in critical condition. Three of them were hospitalized. One suspect is on the loose. According to the Gun Violence Archives, Oakland school shooting was one of six mass shootings in the last 48 hours and one of 510 mass shootings to take place this year across the country. That's more than one a day. I'm Christina Honested, reporting for Pacifica Radio. Those were our news headlines. Africans
0: Rising is based on the continent of Africa but works to establish relations throughout the African diaspora. Africans Rising is a pan-African movement of people and organizations working for peace, justice and dignity. Africans Rising, they say, look to play a critical role on the continent, pushing governments, business and even established global and national non-governmental organizations to focus on challenges Africans deem critical, including demands for a fair global trading system, concrete action to address the effects of climate change and the creation and strengthening of a representative coalition to protect natural resources and the environment. The areas Africans Rising focuses on include expanding space for civic and political action, fighting for women's rights and freedoms across society, focusing on the right to equity and dignity, ensuring Good and free governance, promoting climate and environmental justice. We will now go to Africans Rising, the call for reparations discussion. And you will hear a wide range of speakers raising their questions, their concerns, their proposals. The discussion was part of the All African Movement Assembly held on August 29 through 31st and 2022.
4: My friends call me
0: Mankia. I come
4: from the coastal region of Kenya. I work in basically the entire coastal region, but I live in Kwari. It's interesting when you talk about slavery, because we have all these monuments, all this history where we live. There's a forest called Maunguja, Maunguja in Mombasa. That is where slaves were being uh,
5: collected. <laughs>
4: we have Kengeleni Congoya Market in Mombata. Kengeleni, that is where they were being assembled. Before uh, traveling, if you go to Shimoni, there's a port where they were boarding the ships to be transported. Then we have Freer Town, where slaves who are freed now reside. In fact, we have one of our members, who is a descendant with us. We have the Mazeras area. In fact, the Rabai, the Rabai community is actually a community of freed slaves. Gamijikenda yes but it's a mixture of all the people from the coastal region who are freed, you know, freed slaves. And they are there, they are living. We we talk to them every day, we work with them and all this. So I think it could form part of the campaign we intend to do. Now, thank you, Jamal, for acknowledging most people in this room are actually millennials and they may not have this history. And uh, they will attest (laughs) that they see these monuments I'm talking about, but they do not have that history. So I think the point where we should start this is, let's start this with some research. We already have all these things I've talked about. We have people, we have descendants of these slaves with us there. Can we talk to them? Can we hear what they want to do? You know, in in Mombasa, we say, don't write with water when you have ink. Mm -hmm. So they're already there. Can we talk to them and ask them what do they want? They're, They're already there. So can we research? Can we talk to these people? Secondly, can we document with messages? that we could share, you know, before we even started the campaign itself. Then let's educate people so that everyone understands. If we have more people understanding slavery and the effects of slavery, and the consequences and why we are where we are, you would not have to uh, whip or mobilize anyone to take action. what really happened. That's my two cents to this.
6: Thank you, thank you,
5: thank you. And uh, I am Farid from Sudan. When talking about repression, I want to talk also our own people who played a role as agent in slavery. Yes, we are talking about that we've been kidnapped by the Europeans, sold to America and to any any area of in the world, but what about the trade slavery? Who are people in East Africa and even in Sudan? We, we there is a famous uh, Sudanese uh, slave traders. Unfortunately, in Sudan, a big road in in Khartoum, the capital, named under uh, one of the slave traders. You know, so when we, we should ask ourselves even about our own people who played role in slavery and in slave our their, their own people. That I think that's
6: a really important intervention uh, and one which when discussing reparations or especially slavery we usually run away from a lot
7: and thank you so much and i um i'm thinking maybe and um, that it would be good for you to also make a point on this because we have to have um some some historical point um when we talk about reparation when people want to run away from it they talk about what about this and what about that mm-hmm. and who and then who will we repair for all kinds of questions comes up to not talk about reparation. And I feel like those things of course, need to be discussed. Even today, we have presidents of our countries who are selling us so-called and still, does it uh, make the people who are uh, exploiting us now innocent? No, so uh, we, we have to have the historical truth of what has happened, and not uh, take the side road to not come back to the reality of w- what was what was done. Um, really, I I took the floor to also express that there were a few more things that we might add to to this. Uh, in Ghana, just this year, not long ago, there was a big uh, conference, big meeting about reparation organized by the africa transitional justice i don't have the whole acronym i can find it uh, but the president of ghana was invited and he uh, spoke strongly about reparation which is not something we generally have from uh, you know that level of, of leadership is something that we can really hold on to uh, to, to to push um, uh, things, uh, things forward. A lot of people from all over, the people of African descent, they will actually call it Global Africa. We can, uh, there is actually, what is today, tomorrow, is the release of the declaration from that meeting uh, because they want to mark uh, uh, 31st of, of, of August as this, so, so that we can push uh, forward on, on this uh, reparation case. One piece that I would add to the tree that uh, AMZAD name is Namibia, the genocide uh, in Namibia, uh, because if you want to talk about uh, evidence base, as soon as you speak about reparation, because people don't want to talk about it, they want to tell you, oh, we don't know completely what happened. We don't know how much it cost. We don't know who. There are certain cases where there is not much debate there was a genocide and actually the German government have accepted to do some reparation. Of course, what they propose, I don't have the figure, some billion euro, 1.3 billion over 30 years something. And it was gonna be under the form of grant or something. So something ridiculous uh, based on the genocide, but at least there is a step and there is a recognition of some of these things. So we can push forward because there's been so many people who've been fighting to get to that point. We can push these people from the Kandacharoy, which is also very precise. These are uh, uh, West African uh, military people that were drafted to go and help fight for France uh, during the, 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 the Second World War. So they, they, they were forced to go as militaries, most of them to fight and help France be liberated from Germany. Just when the the war was finishing before, so 1st of December, 1944, they were sent back to Dakar because the French didn't want uh, that it looked like black people liberated them. So they they whiten the troop by sending them back home. They're back in Senegal and they asked to be paid to be paid for the time they worked and they got bombed by the French army, they were killed. By the French army that they were working for 300 people, the French are still talking about 30 people, but the case is on and right now, there is a bill on the table at the National Assembly in Senegal to exhumate because you know you can make a difference between 300 300 school and 30 schools very easily people are just asking release the document people names exist drafted everything exists all the evidence are there so certain reparation cases we can push from the so those are the things I would wanted to add for us to start with some of these cases where it, it's impossible to say, oh, no. Oh, we don't know completely what
6: happened. We don't know how much it cost. We don't know who. Thank you, Kumba. And uh, later on, I'm, I'm coming here. Later on, uh, I'll give uh, Dr. Dr. Ham- Hamzat uh, time for him to also respond to the question which uh, was raised on the role of agents of slavery. But you guys' hands have been up for long. Uh, there's three hands. I'll start from this side. my brother in a black shirt, come to us, uh, Alan, then to my auntie.
8: Okay. Okay, okay I'm going to ask um, in form of our questions, so I wouldn't need answers. Yeah. I, I was talking to uh, someone, and I asked him that uh, Af- um, that African artifacts that are in London and other European countries should be reparated to Africa, and he told me that um, that if they're brought back to africa they will be stolen or mismanaged because of the massive corruption in the country and uh, and uh, that's the question i'm asking is it is it that if these artifacts are reparated will they be properly managed and then is, is there a way that we can ensure that the money that has been being paid in these museums can also you know be brought back to conserve these artifacts in africa this the, the last the next question is in terms of african names uh, i was i was, portraying myself as, an, as a Pan African uh, in, in, in a summit. And then I was told that if you you're indeed a true Pan African, why are you still being called a, a, a colonizer's name? Because my name is Brian. So I had to shut up. <laughs> so I'll ask. Uh, uh, it, why, why are we still, you know, claiming that we are too pan African when we cannot even uphold you know, African names, I, I know people do not like African names, I don't know for some weird reasons, and then in terms of tourism. Uh, our brothers who live in Europe, our brothers who live in Australia, who are black, who live in America, they, for those who have money, they go to visit other european countries uh, why are they avoiding africa and we need that financial reparation why are they not coming to africa is it because the african Union you know, is not giving them enough support or not having that educational reparation so that they can visit africa more than the white people are like something like that and then interestingly in terms of solidarity uh we had the the, the 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 attack in, in uh, Charlie Hebdo in in France, was where we had an attack, and then all over Africa, everyone was putting on a French flag on their on their profile on Facebook and on Twitter. But then every time in Somalia, every time Somalia is being bombed, every time Chad people are being killed, every time in DRC in Goma, you know we're having this conflict, we are not having seeing any any African. Putting their the, the flag of Congo or of Somalia or standing in Somalia, and recently we've had war in Ukraine. You cannot compare the people that have died in Somalia with the people when you find people who are calling themselves Pan-Africans. You know, you know, putting the Somali flag and standing for Somalia, but all of you, I'm sure, you're putting on the Ukrainian flag, I, and you don't even know what's happening in Ukraine. No, you know this 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 type of solidarity. And then lastly. I have no problem with your religions some of you are christians some of you are muslim some of you are buddhist or whatever you're some of you whatever you worship but why is it that when we as africans you know, practice our own rituals and meditations and uh, whatever we are doing in the bush and whatever we're doing why do you call us witches and why would you call us sorcerers you know, are we not are, are we not entitled to do what we want because we have been practicing this religion before. I can I, I can tell you when Christianity came to Africa. I can tell you when Islam came to Africa. But why are we not you know being uh, respected? And Thank guys,
6: you. We have less than ten
8: minutes. Um, <laughs> I, I I just want to make a quick um before. Uh, let me just uh he talks. He asked a question about uh if we if these reparations happen alan just give me 30 seconds uh, would they would they would they be in good hands and this is where we have to also understand the intersectionality of our struggles if you bring all that money here and you have our these leaders here you know what's gonna happen right even the artifacts they will wake up in the middle of the night they call someone in europe ah i have this nice artifact you should buy it so that's why reparations is also linked to the re- relentless protracted political struggle on the African continent. Yeah? OK.
5: Just
8: your name is Solomon. Solomon.
5: OK.
9: Um, okay. Um, good afternoon to everyone. Um, I'll begin by um, asking a question and proposing an amendment to um, the topic of discussion. Um, I think when we are discussing um, uh, reparation of the African continent, there should be um, perimeters in our topic of discussion. Um, What I mean by perimeters in our topic of discussion is because in law school, when I'm being taught international law, I'm taught five forms of reparation. And these include um, guarantee of non-repetition, satisfaction, compensation, restitution, and rehabilitation. Uh, So I would propose that we restrict the the discussion of reparation of Africa to two perimeters. Number one, um, restitution, and number two, compensation. First, to realize the unification of Africa. And in this form, I believe number one, we should pursue or capitalize on in this campaign is number one, strengthen the pan-African movement and other movements within Africa. We should agree and we should, be, we should believe that um, the existing initiatives by the African Union that have a lot of um, uh, concentration and attention are so much concentrated on the political heads of countries. And the political heads of countries have their own convictions and troubles back to their own countries. So I believe we should um, strengthen the existing movements, the Pan-African movement and draw it from the from from the societies in um, um, in the rural areas to national level and continental level. Secondly, I believe we should radicalize the revolution of the unification of Africa. We shall not achieve anything as Africa if we are still in this talk of hi-hey. We should radicalize the revolution of unification in Africa. Number three, I believe we should Africanize the education sector back home. I can speak very good English. I went to the best schools in my country and I take pride in that. But I do not take pride in going back home in my village where I come from to stand for a position and all I can do is to smile, not because I don't have what to do, but I cannot express myself in my local language. So, and other things that we know that do not help us anything, um, someone was sharing during the session in the morning that he, um, actually, um, I think her, where um, a teacher has taught about something that she has never seen in her life. That is what we know. We do not know what matters to us as Africans. We do not know our history and we claim that we are Africans. Number four, I want to propose that as after, we should also capitalize on the isolation and protectionist policies in governance in Africa. When you go back to the history of Europe, when you go back to um, the various wars that happened in Europe, you look at the 1919 Versailles Treaty, France and other European countries um, are, are actually Placing protection policies so that so as to strengthen themselves economically to stand independently without depending on anybody the problem of africa is we do not take pride in our economy we have no protection policies to our economies and that is why we continue to depend on the imf um recently i almost shed tears when i was reading in the east african a newspaper um in the east african community where they were saying that um China is here to take over the the express um, constructed by Kenyatta in Kenya, in Kenya. It's already happening in Uganda. And before we know, we shall not be discussing Europe. We shall also be discussing Asia, having taken over Africa because it is happening. So we need to isolate. We need to protect our countries through our governance policies. And lastly, lastly, I believe we we need mentorship we need to prepare leaders, so many African leaders have adopted African socialism so many African leaders have come up with various interesting ideologies, but as soon as they take over power, they forget, so we need to prepare leaders. If he is an African socialist who introduced Harambe philosophy, Ujamaa philosophy, the, Gan- the Nkrumahism, and whatsoever name it, he should be the same Africa that goes out of power. At least failing to achieve, but trying to achieve what they stand for. I beg to submit. Thank you, comrade.
6: Uh, the, the the mic is with my aunt. Then I come to my brother. Then I'll talk to Dr. Hanza.
2: Okay. Good afternoon.
6: Uh, and and sorry to interrupt. We only have uh, less than ten. Thank
5: you. Yeah. yeah.
0: Even, you. yeah. Okay.
5: okay. Yeah. Viva. 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 Yeah.
2: I'm just concerned with the young generation and I'm concerned on issue of the young generation and the old generation. What do I mean? Like for last, Kenya, we are rich. We had historical sites whereby during those years back, the slavery trade when it was being done, we have some sites, but at the moment those sites are going out Hakuna. And also, we had Mbe Ngoi, Mbe Punda, we call it Mbepunda. It is a historical thing whereby those are mangoes, when people, their slaves were being taken from Mombasa, walking, they could drop the seeds and then the seeds could germinate. And then we have the historic, it become a traditional mango, type of mango. At the moment, those mangoes are not available. The trees have been cut down. I, I even know we have another site whereby we had this, how do we call bunduki in English? Gun. Yeah, the gun, the coronial gun, not this, this, not this current gun, the coronial gun. Yeah, so I've been asking myself, how will these young people know that There was this type of gun being used by that time. We had these mangoes. How how are we going to do it? So I just suggest at least we come up with a common preservation through documentation. It will be a learning tool for the future. And even the current, some of them even don't know those mangoes, even those budukis, they don't know. So let's come up with an uh, I don't know how we'll call it, but at least, thank you.
6: Thank you. I see we have two contributions here. Then I'll come to Dr. Hamzat. Then I'll I'll pass it around again. So we are on hunger
10: strike.
6: (laughs) But we'll try also summarize it so we have time for lunch. So please, those speaking just...
10: Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, What I wanted to summarize about is how can we africans expel this uh european history the, the the that outside history that we are even teaching our children the young generation in in those schools because even our leaders are using that history to oppress us and and the whole point comes up c- comes back to the operation we are facing due to that european history and and all that history uh when you Uh, Take a case in point uh, from Uganda, and uh, when you compare that history that is written, when you read it and, and you compare it with the current situation in Uganda, what the current dictatorship government is using is that history to oppress the Ugandans the same reparation, arrests, arrest, and, and all those tactics of repression, they're using the same tools that are written in those European history uh, to oppress uh, us, the Ugandans and all, even I must believe even Kenya, Tanzania, those are the same tools they're using to, to, to cause operation to uh, the citizens. So how do we expel and get rid of that history such that even as the young uh, generation, the young, leaders do not take a leave from it. Because as, uh, um, for example, the politicians who are coming up, the young politicians, they're using the same knowledge to build themselves, the the same history to build themselves. So we must expel it completely from um, Africa and the whole continent, such that we don't use it still to cause uh, operation amongst ourselves thank
6: you thank you i think uh, we need uh, a whole process of historical like exorcism because uh, uh, we remember we we need to rewrite history because we remember uh, history like language is a weapon it can be used to attack or to defend it can be deployed against the people and so when history is revised it becomes especially against us
11: when we speak of reparation and slavery we are speaking of a global economic and racist system that has political consequences still today. Those who contribute to slavery in Africa, first of all, African slavery or forms of servitude has nothing to do with what Europeans introduced in Africa. It is something totally different. We cannot compare and saying it is the same, they contribute. It's not the same. Those who participated in slavery in Africa did not produce a global economic system. They did not produce a global political system. They did not produce the same kind of racism that was produced in the transatlantic slave trade. The Arabs who contributed in slavery and slave trade, they also took white people because the racialization was not the same. It was specifically European people who introduced the racial division. And those also who introduced the racial division always used the fact that Africans were divided to expel that they did not came to enslave Africans they came to save Africans because if they stayed in Africa, they would be enslaved until today. So you have this narrative saying that Africans in America, Blacks in America, they are lucky to have been enslaved because if they were in Africa, they would be poor, they would be starving, they would be dying, etc. So this discourse of uh, slavery uh, that Africans uh, contribute or led, uh, I think we need to be very careful about it. We should uh, focus instead of saying who sell and who was sold, we have to focus on the story of corruption because corruption starts from this moment. The corruption we see today with our political leaders, our economic elites, it starts at this moment. And we need to understand that we are, as Black people, the only people from whom the color of the skin was seen as money. We are capital. When white people saw us, they see money. They, they know that they can give us money to, to, to sell us. And it is still the same issue. When you saw uh, African official at the uh, Olympic Committee, there are always those who are corrupted at the FIFA, etc. because everyone see money and it will change his mind, his conviction. And it starts from this period. So I think we have to, um, uh, to work on the fact that this discourse is about uh, pushing the diaspora against Africa, about pushing African-Americans against Africans who are today going to uh, the US. And pan-Africanism is about reconciliation. It was born in Haiti among Black people, because it was Black people who were enslaved, and those Black people rebelled. And in the 19th century, once colonialism touched the whole part of Africa, unless Ethiopia, Arab countries decide to engage and to contribute to the African liberation. So tonight, we have a session on decolonization in Africa. And I would answer to some of your questions. Uh, I think we have also to look at the fact that no African country became powerful through slavery. All those who contribute to selling Africans they contribute to weaken themselves. It is really important. No African country became powerful for slavery, but the whole Western world that is, um, is a wealth for slavery, through colonialism. And we cannot use what we um, have to, uh, to, over, to overcome as a way to build our own uh, power. So we have to be clever about the issue of slavery and the issue of division Uh, one point about uh, archives and documentation it is the roots of history once when uh, the young girl is speaking about uh, african history about african education the roots of the writing of our history is documentation oral archives like music like poems like tradition and so on it is also about written documents so you have this myth saying that africans did not have Uh, written language and so on and also you have uh, the fact that um, archives are part of the restitution Uh, you have restitution of stolen artifacts but we need restitution of archives especially economic and financial archives we need to know how much money is stolen every day in the eastern congo by the multinational because there are the multinational who are at the beginning of this great movement of spoliation of africa and we are speaking of reparation we are also targeting multinationals in the eastern part of congo and all over africa Um, another point is the fact that the first uh, consequences of slave trade is um, the, the economic consequence and today we have a demographic reparation we are over 1 billion african people and we are growing 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 So we are making ourselves our demographic reparation. This is one point. Uh, Another point is that when you have demographic reparation, then you have people asking for economic and social demands. And when they are asking for those kinds of demands, they lead us to political struggle with a larger critical mass. And this is the way we are today. And this is precisely why reparation is the center of the struggle of pan-Africanism in the 21st century. It is not borderless Africa. It is not one African currency. It's reparation. It was supposed to be the struggle of African political leaders in the 21st century at the Durban conference in September 2001 when the World Trade Center was attacked. And then they changed their mind. They say now the priority is terrorism. But we wanted that reparation would be the the topic of the 21st century. Uh, A last point is that uh, when we speak of reparation, uh, we also have to to understand that it is uh, also about uh, the way we see politics. Uh, I think the difficulty with our leaders today is that when they contribute to decolonization, they reproduce the colonial state. And this is why the only political solution for us is a federal African state, and not a state nation an African state nation. And this is difficult because since 60 years in most of African countries, we produced some narratives that uh, divided Africa and reparation is also inside our countries between our population by uh, teaching some transnational African history. So, this is what we are trying to do at the Pan African Moja. We are trying to connect uh, African people abroad and at home because we think that Pan Africanism is the vehicle for reparation and reparation is central to decolonization. So, tonight I will speak of decolonization in Africa. I will give you some other um, points about where we should go in the next years about this central issue of our struggle
0: thank you we are now going to pause for a station break when we return we will continue to bring you the discussion on reparations at an event hosted by africans rising Welcome back to Sojourner Truth. This is a horse. Margaret Prescott, host of Sojourner Truth. Check out our website at sotrueradio.org for additional content and latest programs. If you're on Facebook, you can like for us and friend us there. We're also nationwide and internationally and global on SoundCloud. Uh, look for us there. Our handle on Twitter and Instagram is at so True Radio. Today we'd like to give a shout out to our SoundCloud listeners in the state of Mississippi and internationally we would like to give a shout out to our SoundCloud listeners in Zimbabwe. We now return to a discussion on reparations that took place during the All African Movement Assembly that was organized by Africans Rising. The assembly was held from August 29th through 31st, 2022. This discussion is just a small slice of the full assembly, but you will hear a range of voices raising questions, concerns, and proposals.
4: Thank you. Thank you, comrades. My name is Maganga. I'm from Kenya. Uh, For me, the push for reparations would, of course, involve um, the completion of the decolonization process that, as we have um, discussed, began with the Haitian Revolution, has been ongoing. It's still incomplete, and therefore the completion of this process would, uh, in my opinion, um, form the best understanding of what the push for reparations exactly uh, means there's so many things that have already been mentioned like reclaiming our culture
12: the actions that um uh means we should put efforts to reduce uh greenhouse gas emissions which is which is not bad but i said i said in africa in all look uh almost all the countries already face the impacts of climate change so there's this other part of actions that uh, are um, um, considered as adaptation action and unfortunately it's uh, uh, that part of um, actions are not fully supported uh be it by our countries but also by those that uh, caused uh, the crisis and we have always been asking or pushing for more uh uh, support to adaptation activities but unfortunately um, the level of commitment to that has never been uh, at um, the stage we really expect things to be so um i wanted to share this with you as one of the other aspect of Reparation that is quite important or very important when discussing about uh, what has been said so far. Over. Uh, thank you. And indeed, uh, when we talk about
6: reparations, you cannot divorce it from uh, uh, ecological justice, uh, economic justice, and racial justice. Uh, they are very in- interconnected at this particular point.
13: Hello, everyone. My name again is Myson. I just wanted to make two um, observations. The first one is on modern colonial structures. I mean that um, like where I come from, because most of us have our stories. In a country like Kenya, we have existent colonial systems that are still there. Like um, an entire county, like one may call Laikipia, still owned by, you find 80% of the county is owned by white people or families of, Mm-hmm. You know, so this is a continued, you know, um, colonial structure that has been there. They are protected by the political class, but what do we do with that? Because that is not a, a, a something. That is not history. That is something that is happening right now. So when we talk about reparations, what what do we do about such issues? Yeah. The, the second one or the last one is um. Uh, I'd also like to say that we should hold people of African descent. Who maybe have the voice or the power to speak about these things um, to accountable people? Like um, last year, I had um, the writer from Nigeria, Ngozi Chimamanda, speaking about reparations at the Humboldt Forum. And I loved how she did that to the German president, to the director of the museums in Germany, to their faces. She was telling them about the Namibian massacre. And uh, I think we should encourage people who have the voice who are African and who have an African heart to talk about this because it will pile up the pressure on these people as we talk about policies. Thank you very much.
6: Thank you. Uh, I think uh, we'll only have uh, two more submissions. So at least we can have enough time for a cup of water or something before going back. Uh, and then Kumba. Okay.
14: Uh, hello, everyone. Thank you for the speech. Uh, me, I like only to say, like in like in few words about. I like I will, I would like to say in few words about what uh, Dada asked about Chinese and other foreign language, uh, which is in our education system. Because the problem now we have we we have like an historic solution about that. We know that now Africa is, a, is at the red point of uh, the power because we have first material, because we have mind, because we have resources, because we have also young people. And uh, young people have intelligence, has intelligence. So uh, the problem uh, about that question of language is firstly to stop. Uh, to stop because uh, the big problem now we can't, now, for example, in Tanzania or in Kenya, you can't say that you leave uh, English, uh, you put out English in your system, It it's now inside, but now the problem is to stop, to don't give uh, an opportunity because if today is Chinese, tomorrow, Brazilian also will come and will come with a lot of money and the, and investment and companies, and the government will say, Ah, because they they will give us opportunities. We have to learn also Brazilian and uh, and another country and another country. I think uh, for that we have like I I don't know if it's the same in in uh, in all Africa, but in East African community and in Central Africa where uh, I already visited, we have uh, some Lebanon b- businessmen. I don't know if you know them uh they are, for them they they come with with money with some money but uh the system are not give them opportunity to grow young up with their culture and many of them are speaking local languages of uh, the small town even traditional languages wh- where they build their shops and uh uh, this is the way I think we, we should stop now because now it's Chinese. But I think in next five or ten years it will be for sure Russia who will come again because Russia is coming military now in Africa, and nextly they will come also culturally they will create they, they will create something like a français. I don't know if someone know that uh it means some cultural center who are giving support to to young people and uh, they say you if you speak french you'll grow up you'll have opportunities you'll have you have you'll have to to sell it mean we have to talk to our government to stop that and to to only be with our language like French, for example, for Congo, as I Congolese, English from here. And from, from there, we can, we can see how to develop our languages like Swahili uh, and to grow up with that. The, the first is, is to stop the hemorrhage, and secondly, to think after, thank you. Thank you. I, number one, about languages, we
7: all need to commit to learn Swahili. So that in five years, I don't know who's going to organize this assembly that Swahili become mean of this conversation, and there are already a lot of people who speak Swahili, but in five years. If we commit, I know everybody here in five, years can at least understand. So it's a commitment, we just need to take it and do it. And there are resources. Uh, People come from the Peace Corps and learn Swahili in three months, or I don't know, six months, two years. They do it if they want to do it. So it's our commitment to do it. Uh, Volunteers can leave this East African community and come to West Africa, to North Africa, to everyone. Some organization needs to facilitate it, but we can teach Swahili to the people that needs to be part of our movement. So that's one submission that I would like out of this assembly that we put. Now, on the issue of all the languages, I beg to disagree. There is no emology in languages. Please speak a hundred languages if you want to. Speak French, speak English, but do not limit it. Speak Chinese, speak Russian, speak, I don't know, Polish, whatever you need to speak, to be in in relationship and speak for yourself to those people. because today, who is talking? to people, to all of the people of China about Africa? What do they read about Africa? What do they know about Africa? Where are the Africans that are uh, teaching uh, uh, Chinese children about Africa? Where are they? So to me, there is no MRG. Everybody learn every language they want, but let's have something that we can exchange about. This is just a submission. We might be able to discuss about
5: it later.
6: Thank you so much, Kumba.
5: When we speak of revolution, the majority who we have cannot be part of a revolution when they do not understand who they are. There is need for us to understand the heritage. And by that, I've been having this conversation with a number of us. Understanding what your name really means and going deeper into it, despite the fact that it looks ugly with almost 20 letters there is a meaning towards that particular agenda and we need to own it. Being Arab, being French, being European, it doesn't matter. All that matters is the identity. We are all one, that's what we are talking about. The Bantu is walking all the way wherever you came from to the south because we are borderless in so many ways. We fought, but we still are together. And my third point is, we are also facing a new war, despite the fact that we're talking of Africans moving to Europe it's saving We are being depopulated deliberately through okay, the microphone. Um, so right now, as we're speaking, in Africa, there are a number of countries that are really championing on our identity. The Nigerians, the Kenyans, the Ghanians who've been selling our identity all through. We're talking of diseases. Fear is being sold amongst other people that we want to trade with. That, oh, this virus in this particular country do not trade with them. They are too loud. The agenda of saying this government is too ill. There's no democracy in that particular angle. We need to revisit the issue of democracy in an African perspective and jurisprudence. Our laws have never been adopted by the other people. But why are we adopting jurisprudence? The English jurisprudence. We had our own laws that have never been documented. That's another thing. Lastly, is power. Power is in numbers. Even though we're talking of controlling families, having two kids, for me, I feel we need to have each individual have eight people. Numbers. Right now, we're talking of China being the next big thing. But we, as Africans, and the Chinese people, are what are making the world what it is.
6: And we need to revisit that particular agenda. I'm unable to summarize the whole discussion, but maybe if you allow me very briefly in a minute or two to touch on some of the key things we have said and and then just close off the discussion, if you will permit me. Okay. Uh, Looking in the course of our discussions, we've touched on many things and i'll focus only on uh, one particular part uh which is uh, what is already happening and what are the pathways towards reparation what should be our focus so uh there's 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 been many suggestions some of them include we identify all countries with big black populations invite to african union we we monetize reparations uh we link reparations to the debt question recognize that we do not owe anyone anything uh, uh, african citizenship for diaspora people and but more importantly reparative process uh, processes uh, of research documentation education uh, we preserve our history uh, then on reparations there were particular countries that Dr. Hamzat uh, mentioned, if you remember, Haiti, uh, Congo, we've mentioned South Africa, the land question, Kenya, the land question and the colonial patterns of economics, which the Herero people and the Nama people, yes, uh, and that this need to bring uh, big African countries on board when we talk of uh, any action or any any campaign around uh, reparations, moving forward swiftly, uh, these reparations also involves bringing back of uh, artifacts, African artifacts, traditional items, items which bear cultural significance, uh, even spiritual items, items which were used to preserve the spiritual integrity uh, of our uh, communities. But even as we talk about reparations uh, and restitution the restitution and the compensation uh, we are asking for we also adapt an environmental lens uh, look at uh, loss and damages arising from the environmental crisis the historical nature of the enviro- that environmental crisis and the and the and the force behind it uh, crisis today from so changing the economic system that forces people to go to other continents uh, to exploit or to look for markets. When the money comes back, how we ensure that it will stay with us, it was the issue of corrupt was mentioned. And it is that we must continuously engage in relentless, a framework through which that money comes back, based on how we determine we want it uh, to look like. But if I summarize all that we've talked about, one hour reparations is at the center of the African struggle in the 21st century. Hopefully, I really hope that we'll continue to engage, continue to collaborate on discussions and actions around reparations. Thank you.
0: We're out of time. Today's show produced by me, that's Margaret Prescott. I'd like to thank our assistant producer, Alicia Vargas, who did the editing for today's show. And I'd like to also thank our board operator, sound engineer, Gary Baca. If you'd like a copy of today's show, you can contact the Pacifica Radio Archives at 1-800-735-0230. Go online to PacificaRadioArchives.org. And we want to give a special thank you to the Africans Rising team that we worked with to bring you this audio. Sojourner Truth will be back on the air tomorrow. You won't want to miss that. Thank you for listening. This is your host, Margaret Prescott, and you all, please stay well and safe.